Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NFL. Let's go scale of 1 to 10, 10 feeling the best you've ever felt. How would you rate your body right now? I'd say I'm, I'm 100% right now. I'm, I'm just ready to go out and play. Tua Tagovailoa, the former Alabama quarterback, waiting for the draft, waiting to find out where he gets to play. He went on to say that, uh, I feel like if I had to go out there and perform the same way I did in my sophomore year, my junior year, being 100% healthy, I feel like I'd be able to go out there and do that. Ready to risk a high first-round pick on him, PK? Because NFL teams are weighing that right now. Yes, I am, because I don't think that there's any more risk relative to any of the other players, particularly at quarterback. Quarterback is a hit-and-miss position. We have seen players who are all that in high school struggle to make the adjustment in college, and then obviously we've seen plenty who've been pretty good in college make the jump to the NFL, and it doesn't go very well. So... You just have to check out his health, and there's no guarantees on health anyway. I mean, I just asked Andrew Luck. So I don't know that there's any more risk than there already is if he had never been injured because there's so much risk involved, particularly at this position anyway, to begin with. So, yeah, I wouldn't think he lasts longer than the top six picks. Everybody's looking at the Dolphins, wondering what they're going to do. And then the other question mark floating around is, is anybody going to try and trade up? Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a one-year deal with troubled pass rusher Alden Smith. He hasn't played since 2015. Legal and substance abuse issues. He's in the process of seeking reinstatement. He racked up 44 sacks in his first four years. He was the seventh pick overall from the 49ers in 2011. Now, the risk there, trying to restart his career, I suppose if you structure the deal with a bunch of bonuses, that lowers the risk quite a bit. It's worth up to $4 million. It's very incentive-weighted. Yeah. yeah, well, if you're good enough, you'll get as many chances as you can possibly handle. The New England Patriots team plane is being used to transport 1.2 million N95 masks from China to the U.S. The Kraft family paid $2 million, about half the cost, to acquire the mask. The initial order was for 1.7 million. Turns out you can only fit 1.2 million on the plane. Remainder no, said no, no. 1.2 million and 95. You said 1.2 million of the N95 masks. Oh, I got you. Okay, I thought you said N95. 1.2 million A and D95. I thought, man, that was specific. Very specific. Uh, The remainder will be uh, on another shipment, according to the Wall Street Journal. 300,000 pledged to New York State. So hopefully that'll be some progress. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. No surprise here. The NCAA Division I Council Coordination Committee announced that the recruiting dead period for all sports has been extended through May 31. Originally, it was through April 15. Committee left the door open. Well, they shut that door. Yeah, I don't need to think they need, the door needed to be shut because I don't think that player or uh, coaches would be doing that anyway, so it wouldn't really matter as much. They're doing recruiting via other methods, so this is something that would be common sense with or without some particular order. I would 
anyway. Oregon's expected to add another former Boston College starting quarterback. Anthony Brown is going to be a graduate transfer from the Ducks. Brown started portions of the past three years. He threw for 4,700 yards, 40 touchdowns, 20 picks. Also ran for over 400 yards and four more scores. He's got one year of eligibility. Oregon has leaned on the grad transfers in the past under other coaches, and they're doing it again. I don't know that he's going to be their starter, though. We'll have to see how that plays out. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. You take two months off, and then you got to start the engines up again at 35. And you're not just going and starting the season. You're going from zero to 95, as in playoff intensity basketball. That's a dangerous proposition, not just for LeBron, but for the entire Lakers team. That's why I don't think they're going to end up doing that, PK. I think they're going to play some regular season games that are going to act as preseason games. Push them over the Magic 70 number because apparently that triggers more payments from the regional sports network. So they're going to make more money. It means you don't have to pay back the regional sports networks. You're going to make more. Okay. And you're going to make more money and you're going to get the guys uh, up to speed in the process. Assuming they have time to do all that, but I suspect that's the plan if they're given a choice. Great. Who cares? I mean, using the word basketball and dangerous in the same sentence with what's going on. I don't know that I can really buy any of that stuff. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who expressed optimism last week that the NBA season could resume as soon as mid-May, backed off discussing any potential timetables for the league playing again. I have no idea, Cuban said Wednesday on ESPN's Get Up. I mean, the only thing I know is that we're going to put safety first and we're not going to take any chances. We're not going to do anything that risks the health of the players, the fans, the staff, the whole organization. So right now, I really don't have anything new to say. Well, I think uh, that that's completely accurate, and since nobody really knows, and I also think that uh, ESPN's Get Up should be renamed during this time, Go Back to Sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> More sleep! It does feel like he's backing off the May timetable, and with some of the other sports events that we have seen postponed, we'll get to some of them here in just a second, in golf! Uh, but we're seeing events postponed that are out in June and July now, so... May seems more and more optimistic and too optimistic. Hopeful, but too optimistic. DJ and PK. Golf. Golf Digest reporting the British Open is set to be canceled, but the RNA CEO, Martin Slumbers. What a name, Martin Slumbers. All right, he said in a statement this morning, we're continuing to work through our options for the Open this year, including postponement due to a range of external factors. That process is taking some time to resolve. We are well aware of the importance of being able to give clear guidance to fans, players, and everyone involved. And we're working to resolve this as soon as we can. The Open is scheduled for July 16th to the 19th at Royal St. George. So Wimbledon, a couple weeks earlier, has been canceled. They didn't even postpone that. And obviously, July 16, 19, you're getting out into what was the Olympic timetable before they postponed that for a year. So some of the events we were talking about into June, now into July, getting postponed or canceled. Golf Digest reporting this is going to happen because of insurance payments, but the RNA doesn't want to confirm that yet. Okay, what the hell does the RNA stand for? Royal and Ancient. (laughs) That kind of sounds like you. The royal part. <laughs> Not when you keep giving us Tarkanian stories. 
Oh, you bust out softball stories from the 80s. Don't even start. Softball? <laughs> yes. Back in the day. You and the dream team from the paper. The ringers. Oh, yeah. That, that's my life. That's not uh, my, my news professional background. Come on. Get a little more current. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Coming up this morning, Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz, is going to join us at 8.30. Joe Ingles is going to join us a little before 9 o'clock. Stay with us for that. It's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I think that's important these days. There are things out of our control, sure. but attitude really dictates how you're going to feel it's about it. It's a big them. one, man. Yeah. It's a really, really big one. Uh, it's like a coach that I spoke to once, a high school coach. I said, man, you guys kind of had a tough start early in the year. Now you've won five in a row. What what kind of, what has been the recipe to all of that? And he goes, it's been the two ways, attitude and effort. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, effort. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, what about this uh, linebacker how you are, got? <laughs> how are your students' grades this semester, Coach? Dude, it was all time. I just I stared at him like, uh-huh. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time for Hot Takes or Toast. Brought to you by Master Electrical Services and Master Electrical. They're always open. And yes, they're open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. All right, PK, we got the question of the morning up on Facebook. In these trying times, Kyle Whittingham recommends these movies. Forrest Gump, The Princess Bride, and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. What do you got? <laughs> I got to say, I've watched Forrest Gump multiple times. That's an easy movie when you're channel surfing to just drop in on and pick up. Princess Bride, I saw that in the theater when it came out. Maybe I've seen it once since. I don't think I can watch that movie over and over. Not, I'm not, it was all right, but it was just all right. I haven't seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Have you seen that? I think I have, but I can't remember a thing about it. I quite enjoyed it. One of Ben Stiller's What was it about? Movies. About a guy who ends up deciding, you know what? I'm screw it. I'm just going to travel the world and live my life. Who played it? Ben Stiller. Guess I need to check. Yeah, that I've out. seen it. I've seen it. It didn't resonate, but I've seen it, and very few movies resonate with me. Did Forrest Gump resonate? Not really. No. You give it the okay, and you go on. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we got a lot of people throwing stuff out here. Jack Dunbar says, Top Gun, The Rounders from 1965, and Smokey and the Bandit. Hmm. Well, no, I no, can no. say this about uh, Top Gun. It definitely took my breath away. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for that. Okay. Uh, Steve says, I could go the rest of my life without seeing The Princess Bride again, and I'd be okay. Coach Witt just dropped a notch in my book. <laughs> I can go with any movie and not seeing it again, and my life would be just fine. Wait a minute. What about The Godfather? Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen it so many times that I can just replay it in my mind. I don't need to watch it. Chad says he just went through the uh, 
Jurassic World movies. And pretty much all of the Hell's Kitchen series. Okay. Michael says this is not going to work well for you. Michael says all of them are great. I would include The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and Gladiator. I can't see you as a Lord of the Rings guy at all. I just can't see it. I'm barely a movie guy, so uh, no, none of the, none of those work for me. Even Gladiator, are you not entertained? They're all fine, but no big deal to me. <laughs> I think uh, Mike's taste in movies, Mike Rob, is pretty close to mine here. A few good men, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and Apollo Thirteen. Those are all those are all pretty good high end movies. I liked all of those. Uh, yeah, I don't like the deep stuff, man. I don't want to go in and, and have to be thinking about stuff. I just want to go in and entertain. To me, it's like a concert. I don't, I don't need to be moved. I want to be entertained. I want to laugh a little bit, see some buildings get blown up. Uh, you know, those, those types of things. A little... Uh, Maybe a little intrigue, but not Shawshank Redemption. It's just way too deep. I thought it was really good. Uh, well, I'm looking for some movies here that uh, that would be in that uh, in that uh, go in watch some stuff get uh, blown up. Uh, well, how about uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Brett Davis uh, lobs that one out there. The Holy Hand Grenade is the Holy Grail. Is that the one that starts with the riding the horse and the clip clop clip clop? Correct. Yeah, that's classic. That's funny. Uh, a little too goofy. Uh, multiple people have list contagion and outbreak, and multiple people have reacted that those hit a little too close to home right now. They're not watching them. I get the point there. Yeah. Uh, you know what I can't get into? I've seen some of them, and I did like Doctor Strange, but Mark here is lobbing up that we all need to go watch the Marvel movies. Why? Big, big advocate here. I've been, really? I've been watching them in order during this downtime. How many of them are there? North of 20, at least. Yeah. You like Doctor Strange? I did. It was one of the better ones, I thought. Matt says, I love the secret life of Walter Mitty. I had absence seizures for years until brain surgery in 2018. When he goes into his daydreaming and comes out of it not knowing what took place, like an absence seizure, except that time in daydreaming is blank during the seizure. No shaking uh, or anything. More zoning out for a while. But no idea what took place. And after it and coming out and being confused at my surroundings. That movie is the closest I have come to being able to explain what it's like. And then on a lighter note, he says, for fun, I recommend Parks and Rec. Well, it's not a movie. No. TV show. Have you seen the list, the uh, survey of uh, the college basketball coaches and all their favorite uh, TV shows and movies? Get the, get the taste of every college coach. Stadium did it. I looked at it, but it doesn't really register with me. Whatever. I, I think a lot of those guys are just answering to answer, and I wonder how many of them are really answering. How many of them just have their director of football ops do it like they do the Associated <laughs> Press poll or I mean, excuse me, the coaches poll. Throw something out there. Uh, handle this. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think those guys are into that type of stuff, and they can't really be bothered, and so they just put stuff out there to move on so they're not the ones who don't participate. Had Larry Kristoviak on yesterday, played it uh, earlier this morning, and he went with uh, Breaking Bad, which I haven't seen, and Forrest Gump. Your guy Bobby Hurley's all about Game of Thrones and Cinderella, man. Who? Cinderella, man. Boxing movie. No, who's my guy again? Bobby Hurley. ASU. He's winning enough. You're starting to like him. (laughs) Duke. You you can assign me whatever you want. That's your call. Go ahead. Assign me whatever allegiance you want to assign me. Assign me. Fine with me. Mark Pope went with The Office and Life is Beautiful. It certainly is. Mark Few just uh, cheated and said uh, Will Ferrell films. Anything with Will Ferrell. Any of them? Yeah, he just listed Will Ferrell films. He didn't go anything, uh, he didn't go anything specific. Right, because he doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> so, but he doesn't also want to be the one who doesn't answer it, so he comes up with that. But, you know, if you want to go Will Ferrell, I think you have to go with Elf at the top. It's a must-see <laughs> every Christmas season. You sit on a throne of lies. Classic. Yes. Classic. Line. Right. And burst out laughing. That's about the only time I re-watch movies is two or three of them during the Christmas season. What are your other I mean, Christmas? I haven't watched... Uh, yeah, I, and, and during this time of this... Uh, you know, the sports lockout, so to speak, uh, and stuff. I haven't watched one movie. Not one. Watched a couple, but I haven't been re-watching the favorites. I just, very few movies even move me to, to think, boy, I got to see that again. Brian Dutcher from San Diego State wouldn't pick one movie. He went with The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. It's all one story. He counts it as one. Yeah, uh, let's see. He might have been very young when that came out. Uh, I was very young when that came out, but I saw it later and loved it and have watched it a ton of times. Is that so, really? Yes. (laughs) You can watch stuff across the eras. Tell us about yourself, Dave. Mick Cronin at UCLA did pick Godfather Part Two over the original. Goodwill Hunting, Tombstone, a movie I love, classic. Tombstone got a lot of shout-outs from a lot of different coaches. That was a uh, pretty popular movie there. Never saw that. it. You never saw Tombstone? That was, that was good. Do I not speak English? You didn't hear me the first time? I'm surprised you didn't see it. I think you'd find it entertaining. <laughs> you like stories. It's a good story. And now, where, where was it filmed? Arizona. Where, though? I don't know where in Arizona. Well, get back to me, because if it's anything south of Phoenix, I'm not going. (laughs) Maybe it was filmed just outside of uh, Casa Grande. And I got horrible memories. I'm not going. (laughs) You're blocking that out? Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah, you're absolutely not going. It was filmed at the old Tucson Studios. There it is. I know exactly where it was filmed. Well, why didn't you tell us? (laughs) So you would fall for it. (laughs) 
and you would say Tucson and blah, blah, blah. I thought you would have known, actually. No, I really didn't know. I mean, it, most of it was said. I mean, I figured they just built something out in the desert somewhere. I didn't know. No, they've had stuff out there. Actually, I've actually been out there. So that's where I knew. I've literally been to where they've done it. So I've been able to say that. Have they, got, have they got one town built out there in the middle of nowhere? Or they got three or four? Because, uh, you know, there's a bunch of movies where we've seen the old Western set. I mean, that's, you know, pretty common. Yes, uh, I think that it was just set up for that very stuff, though. And uh, it's been a long time. I was a kid. I think that uh, when I was in high school, we were on the way to uh, Nogales, which is just across the border. I think there's a Nogales, Arizona, and a Nogales, uh, Mexico. And so one of these little, uh, my sister... She would come out in the summers before she moved out from Jersey, and we'd take these basically day trips, uh, you know, because obviously it's not that far from the Arizona, well, from the Phoenix area down to, to, to Mexico. So we drove through it and stopped and, and checked it out because of the movies and all that stuff that have been filmed there. And so it was it was interesting to see, certainly. So I'm just kidding about, you know, the movies outside of Phoenix or going outside of Phoenix, I won't go. I've been down to Tucson, but especially when I live in Casa Grande because that was just a short uh, drive down there. And they have that Mount Lemon in Tucson, which is a little ski area, and you drive up it, and you know it gets very warm, obviously in the summer. But you can drive up to that top of that mountain there, and it gets a little cooler. And people are always looking for breaks. And so when I lived in Casa Grande, I did that a few times during the summer. So, yeah, I found, I found oh, certainly old movie sets. I mean, they're, they're entertaining and, and worth time to, to go through. And I've seen the movie, too. I was just messing around with you. Mark Madsen went with The Bourne Identity for his best movie. And I like The Bourne series, but I can never yeah. remember the name of the movies and which one came first and in which order. And I had to look well, it up when to, I saw that. Yeah, the Bourne Identity was the first one. Which was, I thought, the I, best one. The, 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 the problem with those is sometimes, and I'm very simple-minded, as you know, mm-hmm. is the stories get a little complex, and you're trying to figure stuff out. Meanwhile, three or four things happened. So I always lean over to my wife. What's going on here? Fill me in. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. I don't think I can go to the movies with you. I'd find that annoying. <laughs> Well, because they get the, the 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 plots get a little complicated, and you're trying to follow these mysteries. Mm. You know, I, I, as far as a mystery goes, this is just for me. I'm recognizing I'm a simple-minded dude, not very bright, but anything that is more complex than Fletch, I check out. <laughs> I didn't see any coaches picking Fletch. Not one, huh? No. I think because they're embarrassed. No. See, the, these types of things, these surveys have always intrigued me because how many of them think, okay, this is what I need to answer versus this is what is really the truth? And across the board, when you see these types of things that are out there, how much do they think, okay, this is the intellectual answer that I should give versus this is really who I am? There's very few people are going to be as transparent as me and say, well, wait a second. I mean, the James Bond's movies, I can't follow along. Give me a nice little story like Fletch and I'm in. Because it sounds stupid. So when Terry Porter at Portland and Herb Sendek at Santa Clara say The Godfather, do you think it's like a politically correct easy answer? Or you think, no, they're about the right age. They've probably seen The Godfather 10 or 15 times and are totally into it. 
Well, I think that most people, because you see on television, there's a channel. I don't even know what channel it is on on my uh, television, but when I flick it on, it'll have uh, basically documentaries of gangsters. And I think all of us have had a form of intrigue relative to the gangster lifestyle and that type of thing. So I think we're naturally drawn to that. I mean, look at The Sopranos when it was on HBO. It was such a smash hit, right? And that was filmed and put into where I grew up. I mean, when we used to go visit my my grandparents, it was about a 20-minute drive. Not the, my 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 grandfather on the Irish side died very young, but she lived in Brooklyn, so that was a little bit of a longer drive. But my other ones live in West Orange their whole life, and when we would drive by, you'd go through North Caldwell and you'd look up and you'd see these massive homes back in off the driveway, and they were known that hey, that's where the gangsters live. Well, that's precisely where Tony Soprano lived in North Caldwell. So people are intrigued by that type of stuff. So I can see the Godfathers, because obviously that's what it's built on, right? The whole premise is all about that. And then you have the idea of people coming over uh, on the boats as they did and could you imagine? I mean, both of my grandfathers did that. Could you imagine jumping on a boat and going to some faraway land? I mean, you, you've you asked, uh, how did your parents move from Jersey to Arizona? Well, that seems like down the street <laughs> compared to what both, both my grandfathers, if you go to Ellis Island, both of their names are there. And I've seen their names. I've been to the island. I've seen them. And it is you try to put yourself in that position. Doesn't that seem outrageous that you would leave early in life and actually my and my father-in-law did that very thing too he left switzerland and came over he came over to canada first came through entered the u.s through detroit which is where my mother-in-law grew up and that's where they met and all that type of stuff and but to think that you would go to another country and just establish your life doesn't that seem outrageous it does to me anyway maybe i'm i'm I can't comprehend it because I'm too stupid. But that seems like, wow, that would be something. And that's what that was, those movies, to an extent, The Godfathers are about. So I can see where people are intrigued because of the mob thing and then the way they did the whole, I'm going to go immigrate to a new country. So with my relatives immigrating, some of the stories have been lost. Uh, if you go up one line of the family, you know, you go, you go way, way back. But my uh, grandfather... Uh, immigrated as a small child. It was his, it was my great-grandfather and great-grandmother who decided to do it. And this is going up my, my dad's side of the family. But my, I think it was an easier jump for my great-grandfather because the family had been so poor that when he was 12, he had been sent to Canada as an indentured servant. And this would have been late 1800s. And I can't imagine as first off, when I heard the story when I was a little kid, it blew my mind. And then when it got to the point where my kids were that age, I thought, I can't imagine going down and putting them on a ship saying, good luck, see you in six years. I mean, I just, I, I just can't picture it. But I think the family was so poor, there were no options. Can you feed everybody? This is how they're going to learn a trade and have a life. And it was just... It was the best option, and I guess rationally, you know, that's one way to explain it, rationally, but I just can't imagine emotionally just 
putting him on a boat and then just walking away. Good luck. And so he lived in Canada until he was like 17, and then he came back to England. But life was still pretty hard, so he would have been, i got to do the math, I, I think he was late 20s, but maybe early 30s when they picked up and moved. And even part of the story got lost. It was just a couple weeks ago, my, um, my uh, brother was going through some old family slides and came across a slide. I always thought that it was the immediate family. They, they had uh, three kids at the time they came over, and then a couple more when they were here. Um, but he came across this photo of aunts and uncles, and my great-grandmother's mom made the trip at like 70. And there was a photo of him, and I had no, I had no idea. I'd never heard that part of the story. It completely stunned me. So, I mean, you're right. Picking up and moving like that, it seems like a complete change. But I guess if uh, life is bad enough and if you want to bet on yourself, I mean, for me, that's when people talk about American exceptionalism, and that's what it is. There's this m- millions of people who are the uh, who are the risk takers who go for it? Think this isn't good enough. I'm going to move halfway around the world. I don't know. I don't know when your grandparents came over. You know what? How much of the language they spoke? But in a lot of cases, I don't speak the language. But I'm going to bet on me. And I think that's a mindset, and that carries over at least for a couple generations when people get here. Maybe more than that, but at least a couple. Let's bring in Yak for a second. Yak, good morning. Morning. So DJ pretends that he's not, and he's giving us history on his great-grandfather and great-great-great-grandfather. Somebody has done some family history. I wouldn't have any clue about my great-grandfather and who they were and where they lived and where they Did you know your grandparents? He's got slides, and come on, and he pretends. Oh, I think he's just been busted, don't you, Yock? He outed himself a little bit there. <laughs> There's this fun app, DJ, if you haven't seen it. It's called Family Tree. Mm-hmm. You can track all that information. Yep. PK, you can do the same thing. Cool, cool thing that. here. My brother has always been into it. I don't have to lift a finger. Genealogy, Even he better, is doing but, it. But <laughs> you did, it no all. one said you did the work. Oh, trust me, I we did. Just said that <laughs> you benefited we just from said, it. We, we, there's no need to trust you. You already, <laughs> We already know you didn't. You already told us that you looked at I. If they had that for me, I would just say, yeah, that's nice. Uh, whatever, move along here. What do I care? I've got no quote-unquote work to do for them. <laughs> quote-unquote. Quote-unquote work. I love it. <laughs> I have no work to do for them. Closed quote. <laughs> what do you mean if I know that I know my grandparents? And my, my grandfather, I did not. My on the Irish side. My my other three all died well into their nineties, so I knew them to uh, an extent. Although my grand my grandfather on the uh, Italian side didn't speak a whole lot of English, but my grandmother was born in the U.S., so she did. My grandfather. It was mostly Italian, so I just learned a bunch of uh, Italian swear words and some Italian language bits and pieces here and there that I've long since forgotten. Well, I knew my grandfather, so that's why I got the stories about my great-grandfather, because my great-grandfather that, that's died beautiful. 35 years before I was born. But And you knew that 35 years. Look at it. Just c- continue to give us your family history. Family <laughs> history. DJ's doing it. His I wouldn't have any history. idea when my grand great-grandfather was born, died, anything. And you've got it down to a T. I just did bad yes, math. Yes, my good friends. I just friends. did bad math. It was I, 25. 
Well, I yeah, wouldn't have shucks. any clue yeah. if it was 15, 14, 13, or 107. <laughs> Can't do math on the radio. But that's okay. Be true to who you are. They'll, they'll still love you. All right, if you want to hit us up, any of your favorite movies, Time Killers, get you through the dead time without all the games, send us, uh, send us the hits. Andy Enfield was very specific about which Will Ferrell movie he likes. Old school. There you go. USC alum supporting a USC Will coach. Ferrell running down the middle of the street. Sorry, I meant to say USC coach supporting a USC alum. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's political there. That, that, come on, I, I don't. I just don't trust the results of these types of things. I think people you don't answer trust the way they, them. No, I don't. I think people answer the way they think they're supposed to answer. Yes, I do. Well, yeah, we, absolutely, I do. They did a list. I think a similar list is like two years ago, and I think a couple coaches acknowledged the fact, PK, that I'm using this as a recruiting tool. I'm going to put stuff that my, that young men are going to see and say, "Wow, that that coach is hit." Wayne exactly. Tink- when Wayne Tinkle says Braveheart. Then he's just going to get in there and preach toughness? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> William yeah, Wallace. It fits with his message. You've been named Tinkle, so you're trying to overcome it your whole life. Randy Bennett at St. Mary's plays in a small gym, all old school and all of that, and so he likes Hoosiers. Guys, it's our story. It's 10 feet. See, I actually like those types of things more so if there's any shred of truth. Now, I recognize movies take, what would you call it, liberty, license, and so if it's, they say based on a true story. Right. So you know that, okay, it's not literally word for word or sequence for sequence. You know that it's not true completely. So it's based on. So you get something like a glory road. You know, that, would, that type of stuff is what I find interesting. I, I recognize going in, it's not v- literal verbatim, but at least I get a sense of what it's about. So those are the types of things that I prefer. Because usually then, they're much easier, the storylines are much easier to follow. They're not just made up completely. So you get these Marvel movies and these types of things, and they're hard to fi- follow sometimes because, you know, they're not real. And they have these complex storylines. And once I get behind maybe two storylines into it, I check out. And then I start looking at my watch and saying, okay, how much longer do we have to go here? All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, I can put the list of coaches up, so uh, whatever school you follow, whoever you want to know, you can look that up and link to that. It's been out there for a little while. Some of you may have seen it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Bowler's here at 8.30. Joe Ingles is coming up a little before 9 o'clock, right after Bowler, right here on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Have you showed Lisa this story? No. Will you put the headset on her and show her that story? (laughs) Okay, now you be respectful while I'm gone, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, hey fellas. Gordon is back. Hi, Gordon. Yeah, she's not here. I think she's on a walk or something. Now, wait a minute. Did you eat something? <laughs> I grabbed a snack. On the- you I didn't go even go and look for it. <laughs> I saw a couple of M&Ms, so I chucked them in my mouth, and then I went to the other side of the house to look for them. You did not. You just went to the kitchen <laughs> to grab a snack. It's okay, isn't it? Sure, they're waiting on air for me, but heck, I'm oh, hungry. I well, yeah, eat some oh, I got a snack. <laughs> Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Zero Res. Right now, there's nothing more important than clean, and that's why Zero Res is reducing their rates to help as many people as they can. Schedule with Zero Res right now for just $25 per room. Minimums do apply. Call Zero Res at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at zeroresaltlake.com. PK, people who go to our Facebook page, DJ and PK, will see uh, your latest column, and it brings up the question, what do you think the chances are that we'll have a condensed, altered, or outright canceled football season this fall? And I think, you know, it's the first pandemic for all of us, so it's all a guess at this point. Uh, After the interview we did um, with Brett McMurphy, I I don't think it's going to get canceled. It may not happen in the fall, but if they have a choice between canceling it and pushing it to spring, they're going to push it to spring. So I don't think canceled is something that uh, I want to go with right now. But as we see events in June and July from uh, U.S. Open golf to Wimbledon, and now there are rumors about the British Open. We'll, we'll see if Golf Digest is right. I expect they are. Uh, and we see the stuff postponed or whatever. It makes me wonder, well, how quickly can these teams start practicing and training so delayed altered uh i think that's where i'm leaning right now what about you well i think you have to look at it those sports that you mentioned their particular events being canceled they're all individual sports so they're not reliant upon funding other sports in the way that college football is and the fact is that college football for the college sports the majority of the funding, if not all the funding, is coming from the football season. So I think that's the issue. Canceling a football season has such a ramification on all the other sports. And most of the uh, other schools, just any school, say, pick a school, you know, you have football, which can make some money, maybe, you know, a little bit men's basketball. And after that, you're really Reaching, You know, this is Utah gymnastics makes money. I assume it does. I don't know. But that's probably it. Some places baseball can make money. You go to some places where they are very popular. The sport is popular. I know I have been down to LSU, and they have a very nice baseball stadium. And so they make money. But most of the other sports, and maybe, uh, you know, Connecticut women's basketball makes money. But the majority of them are losing money, so they need the football. So the point I'm making is they're going to go to whatever length they can to find some semblance of a football season, whereas in these individual sports, there's been no team sports at the pro level that have been canceled. Am I missing anything? No, right now everybody's postponing. I guess baseball... Uh, you can't say canceling. They're going to dramatically condense the season. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, the other leagues are all holding on to playing all their games on an altered schedule. Ultimately, they may have to cancel some games and play partial schedules, but I think at this point, no one else is conceding. I think baseball's conceding. They're not going to play 162. 
Right. And so that's the way the calendar fell for them. Yeah, it would be very difficult. They just don't have enough days to do that, to make that stuff up. So as far as college football goes, I think I would be very stunned if there wasn't some form of season when you look at McMurphy, who's been speaking to many athletic directors. So with that in mind, they'd have some form of a season. I don't know what it would be if it's spread over whatever. I don't think the public is really going to matter that much in terms of, wow, man, you can't do that. They're just looking for a form of a season, so they'll take whatever they can get. And if it starts in November and goes into January or February, or if it starts in January and February and goes into April, May, so be it, whatever it might be. And then you'll make adjustments based on that. But, you know, what I could see possibly is actually having two seasons affected by it. So you have what we would view as the 20 20 season if it moved over into the spring of 21 well maybe they don't play all the games and because there are health concerns maybe then when we get so you have two seasons in the calendar year of 2021 but they're both shortened seasons you see what i'm saying yeah it is so maybe they only play eight nine games in the spring and then you don't play the full season in 2021 and then after the 2021 calendar year runs out then you get back on the normal cycle in time for 2022 who knows maybe that's a possibility too i think that uh along those lines the nba toying with the summer schedule if it works pretty well for them and it's how they get on get it done in august and september and then they push the next season back and start it in December. And if that goes well, starting in December and finishing up in August, then maybe they just stay on that schedule. College football, I think, would go back. But the NBA, who's toyed with it, you know, if it goes well here over the next couple of years, if the end of this season forces them to slide the next one and it works out, I wonder if they'd go back. I mean, that's a lot of ifs to build into it, so I don't want to guarantee anything now, but it seems like that's got to be on the table under the theory, Mark Harlan's theory, of you better have five plans because nobody really knows what's going to happen. Yeah, but once you get into the pro level, if it meant playing Tuesday mornings in Nova Scotia and that's where you made your most money, that's what they would do. So, I mean, that's just a given. Whatever gives them the most amount of money that's what they're going to do so i'm not even worried about that because that they most definitely are going to follow the money and so wherever the money takes them that's where they're going to end up it's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times this is a partner profile on the zone sports network we're joined now by Matt Kammeyer, Director of Golf, Salt Lake City Golf. Matt, good morning. Good morning. So, you having fun? Um, been busy, we'll say that. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't call this fun. But. Yeah, I think that's well put. So, uh, I think everyone's curious. The decision to shut down, the decision to open some of the courses again, what went into to both of those? Well, our, our main our main concern is obviously the safety of our customers, the community, and, and also our employees. So we took a look at what was going on, what were the recommendations, and, and could we deliver upon the level of safety that we needed to. So we took kind of a bit of a break about a week to, to reevaluate our offerings and what's what's the best thing for us to do, and decided that you know we, we could still operate um, within the guidelines that have been set. So we, we've issued a a list of restrictions, uh, put those on our website. 
and uh, we're going to open up for play today, um, although it's not a very good day today. But um, we have, again, we the biggest restriction is uh, all of our times are prepaid. So if you want to be able to book a time, you do that online at slcgolf.com. Uh, you also pay for it at that time. You show up to the course, the pro shop will be closed. We'll call you to the tee, and uh, you'll get out and play. Have you found that in this situation that golf has become a little bit of a respite because just about everything else we're not able to do? I think so, and, and the game of golf lends itself very well to social distancing once you're out on the course. So our, our main our main focus was to, to limit that customer transaction um, at the point of sale. So we've, we've been able to do that uh, through a new software system that we, we've recently implemented. So... Um, again, it's it's good to be outside. Uh, it's good to be in the sunshine. It's it's good for our minds and to be able to kind of get a distraction from everything that's going on. And, and we obviously wouldn't do this if we didn't feel it, that it would be safe. So obviously no food, no pro shop. Uh, what about uh, carts, pull carts, that kind of stuff? Anything else when people show up, how it will be different? Yeah, no no carts, no pull carts, uh, no ball washers, um, no sand rakes. Uh, anything that you might touch, uh, flag sticks. We we've altered the holes, so there's no you don't need to touch the flag stick. Um, you know we're, we're requesting that everyone you know maintain social distancing when they're on the course, um, in the parking lot. Um, the uh, on-course restrooms are also closed or locked. Um, the clubhouse restrooms are open, but we do encourage people to plan ahead um, and, and only use those in in case of an emergency. So I was there uh, a week before last over at Bonneville, and you have the the cups for the pin for the hold the hole. They're they're raised up a couple inches. What's been the feedback on that? Um, I've I've heard a lot of different things. Uh, some people don't mind that; they like that. It actually helps them feel like they made the putt if they just hit the hit the lip of the cup. Uh, some of our other courses have have worked with putting some foam in the in the bottom of the cup, so it, it raises it up, so it's easier to get the ball out. Um, some courses have flipped the cup upside down, so it, it kind of bounces off. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of different feedback, so we're kind of playing around with that to see what, what customers like best. So uh, how do people, if they want to book a time online, where do they go? What do they need to do? Got to have a credit card, obviously, I guess, when you, uh, when you log on. Exactly. So they need to go to slcgolf.com. And once there, there are instructions on how to create a profile customer profile. Once you've done that, then you can select the course where you want to book a time, select your time, the number of players, and then at that point, you'll be asked to pay. So you'll, if you're booking a, a group of four, you'll be required to pay for, for all four. Um, so what that player would need to do is kind of square up with his buddies, um, you know, Benmo or whatnot. But uh, depending on the number of players that, you, that you're booking for, uh, that's who you're paying for. So this is uh, Glendale Rose Park. Nibley and Forestdale and Bonneville, but not Mountaindale, right? That's right. Mountaindale still uh, still has some snow up there. It's, uh, it's we're probably about another week or two away from opening the lake course. All right. Anything else people need to know to uh, how to support the co- courses and uh, get out there and play some golf? Yeah, I think the best way to support what we're doing is to kind of comply with the guidelines. The best way to do that is is to apply all the social distancing rolls um when you get to the course make sure that you spread out we you know we'll provide you know there's area there on the practice green um we're, we're asking that, that players get there 20 minutes before their time 
to be ready to report to the T within five minutes before that, and we'll just call them to the T uh, from from the loudspeaker there. And so, uh, I think if everybody kind of cooperates and, and maintains that, you know, I think this is a good option for people to still be able to kind of uh, be active, be on the sunshine, you know, um, and and kind of take their mind off uh, some of the craziness that's going on. I'm sure you don't want to speak for anybody else, but I'm sure also that the world of golf is pretty small, so people have an idea. Do you think other people around the state are going through a similar process? And, uh, you know, based on their own timelines, we might hear something like this. Because people listening to this are, you know, uh, online, you can listen all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's really dependent upon your their ability to you know to do the the, the kind of the uh, online prepayments. So some courses have that ability, others don't. Um, we were already in the process to switch over to that anyway, so the timing of this worked out at least good. So we were able to do that you know beginning today. Um, but still, there's we're all trying to comply with whatever whatever guidelines to the county um, or the city that we that we're operating within. And the conversations that I have, I think most operators would like to be able to offer this to, to, to customers, but um, you have to ask yourself, can we, can we deliver on what we need to? And, and that was the biggest conversation that we've had over the last week and a half. And that's why we kind of hit the pause button for a little bit to say, okay, what do we need to do in order to be responsible, but still be able to provide that what we think is a, is a, is a needed uh, amenity to the community. Well, Matt, we appreciate a few minutes of your time, and I know a lot of golfers right now are listening to this, appreciating that the courses are going to be open. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Matt Kammeyer, Director of Golf, Salt Lake City Golf, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.